Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. Amelia Basara and the upcoming outside of her husband on Yud Bey Sivan Habal in Lateva, which we will talk about with Hashem for another two weeks. No, yeah, two weeks. Next week, sorry. Shabbos Pashas Bamidbar. Baruch Hashem. First time in a very long time. Kal Yisrael, we spoke about last week. Kal Yisrael was sharing a parasha together. They named B'chukhesai both, but in the Chutzarot we named Bahar and B'chukhesai. And that's the show we named. Oh, B'chukhesai. Right, B'chukhesai. One second. In this year though, this week, Father Hashem, both at Yisrael and Chutzlaret, will be laying Pashas Bamidbar. For those of you who get the video, I appreciate it if you can let me know. I started recording without the mic. I'm going to pick up now, so now the mic. I want to know if there's a noticeable difference between the two, even without the microphone. Thank you for notifying me. Since the video is sent via email, you can return the email and tell me your feedback. I just hope this week the uh, video cooperates with us and stays on the whole week. It helps. Pash Bamidbar, we begin the Chumash Bamidbar. Oh, okay. We begin the reading of Chumash Bamidbar. And it's Shabbos, is Erev Shavuos. No, there's no Erev Tavshil needed. We're cooking on Shabbos. No, we're not cooking on Shabbos. Erev Tavshilin obviously is when Shabbos goes into Yom Tif. When Erev Shabbos is Yom Tif and it goes into Shabbos. So therefore you need to have an Erev Tavshilin so that you can cook on Friday for Shabbos. Mashen came today. We're cooking everything on Friday. We're cooking. The Nashim Tzidkanis are cooking on Friday. And Yemiyat Hashem will be zeichet to partake over Shabbos, over Shavuos, all the wonderful delicacies. Okay, the mic is now on. Interesting minhagim that are discussed for Shavuos itself. The custom, of course, to eat milchiks on Shavuos, dairy. One of the reasons, one of the many reasons why we eat dairy on Shavuos is because when the Yidin received the Tera on Har Sinai, they found out a new law. You cannot eat milk and meat together. Never had that before. And therefore all their pots and pans were not kosher. And everything needed to be kashered. In the interim, all they could really eat, until they learned that all the halachas of shechita and everything else, all they could really eat was dairy products. And therefore, since they ate dairy in commemoration of that, we eat dairy on shavuos. And there are those that take this to an extreme, and the extreme is not... I don't know where it comes from. They eat all the meals throughout shavuos dairy. I would say yes, Aglaim the Dover. I just don't know where the Aglaim are, uh, what it's based on. Generally, what people will do, and there are those people that will just eat in the morning, have some coffee and uh, cheesecake or something, and they will be ate with that for their milchiks. And then the rest of the yamtif, as regular yamtif should happen, they eat fish and meat. Uh, Kiddush on wine, etc. On Shavuos, it talks about in the Kabbalas in, in Besamikdash. On Shavuos, they needed to bring Shteyalechem, two breads. In commemoration of the Shteyalechem, 
Many people have the custom. In my house, we do it. We come home from shul by day, the first day shvuas. We don't do this both days, only the first day shvuas. We come home from shul, we make kiddush. Uh, on wine. We wash. We have dairy. Um, not a big fan of dairy, so I can't give you anything that's going to be mouth-watering to you. But, I mean, you can well imagine there's uh, blintzes, and there's cheesecakes, and there's lasagnas, and there's achreshivas, there's all different types of dairy dishes. And um, many feast on the dairy. They enjoy it. When we finish our dairy meal, we bench. Some, we start, I think, even with fish. So there'd be fish in the meal, I'm not sure. Anyway, we finish the dairy meal, we bench. We sit down to learn for an hour. Then we wash our mouth out. We wash again for the shtealech and for the second breads. We wash again. And we have a fleshika meal. Now, obviously, after a big milchika meal, you're not ready for a real fleshika meal. So we'll have, if we didn't have fish by the first meal, We'll have fish now, and then we'll have a cold cut, a, a, a whatever, some tongue or some corned beef. Not going to eat a whole roast with with uh, side dishes and everything else. But we'll have a second meal, a fleshika meal, and then we bench again. This being Yates of the concept of Shtehalechem. Um, okay. The custom the first night of Shavuos is to stay up all night long to learn because of the grievous sin committed by our forefathers, they slept the night before Mount Antonia. So because they slept, we have to stay up all night. Once, twice, I mean, come on, thousands of years we're doing this. Not only that, we stay up all night, but by Alesa Shacha we go to the mikveh to prepare ourselves for Matan If an event after the mikveh you decide to go to sleep, when you get up in the morning you go to the mikveh again. On Sunday, <coughs> excuse me, we read the Seder Sadibis, Ten Commandments. Obviously, it's a little more than that because five people have to have Elias. And then I'm after from the second Sefer It is very, 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 very important. Men, women, and children come to Shul to hear the reading of the Seder Sadibis. Many communities, Jewish communities, have various kriyas of reading of Sevetera, of Aseris Adibris. Um Beautiful custom. Everybody goes out of the way because sometimes they have little babies. They can't come to shul yet, or they want to come earlier, or they want to come later. So there's minyanam before, and there's minyanam after. And there's, during, it's just an amazing, amazing thing what Kal Yisrael does. Umi kamcha Yisrael geachad baruch and this chus of the just the preparation for this, we should merit the coming of Mashiach. Chumash b'amidbar, the book of Numbers. Mitzvah will also discuss a little bit of Masech Seita and a little bit a Pekiyavus of the week, which is the last of the six pirakim, Perik Shishi, which is known as Mishnah. It's, some say, in addition, as a sixth Perik, there's only five Perakim, but we learn this as a sixth Perik. And there are so, so many things in the sixth Perik 
that are so rich and so beautiful and so inspiring. Chumash Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, as we said, <coughs> Hashem counts the Jews once again. To show his endearment to the Jews, shows endearment to the Jews, I mean, come on, Hashem didn't know how many Jews there were. But really, when someone's counted, when someone's told, I'm counting you, you are part of my calculation, you are part of my numbers that I am putting together, you're part of my minion, whatever it might be. The person says, hey, he's talking to me. I'm part of this. And the person feels that much more important. When Kimayim upon him, upon him, the says, whatever the face you show is the face you're going to see back. And therefore, if a person truly shows, devotes, and gives over an unconditional love to another person, if it is a true love, if it is a true feeling, emotion, first of all, it's obviously felt by the other person, but more so, it gets reciprocated. The person finds it very easy to reciprocate such a thing. To give back. To have that feeling in return. This, the Abish that wanted to drive home this message, counting the Jews, again and again, yet three times in the first 13 months since they left Egypt, counting of again and again, repetition of counting, to show them chivosan, show them my dear children, how dear you are to me, how much I love you, how much I'm connected to you, there's nothing, there's no boundaries, there's no limits, Says, uh, tells us the Tera. Tells us how Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, counts the Eden once again. And if there were children inside a tent, a baskil came out of the tent to the people that were counting and said, so and so many people are in this tent, so and so many children. So that they knew how many people Klal Yisrael were. The counting was by family, by tribe, and then by the Jewish nation itself as a total. <coughs> this is the focus of the Chumash of Bamidbar. This is the focus of the love HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for His children. We need to recognize it. We need to understand it. We need to see the essence behind it. They tell a story, and I think I've told it before. It's not really a story, obviously. You'll tell by the punchline. The defense attorney stood in front of the court and ever so eloquently delivered his final statement. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, as this is who he's speaking to, because it's their hands that the fate will be decided by. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, honestly speaking, there was some blood spatter found on my client. 
But ladies and gentlemen, there was no weapon found on my client. Ladies and gentlemen, there was no weapon found in the area of the crime, said crime committed. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you even more, there is no body found either. There was no corpse produced. Totally circumstantial, says the uh, wonderful attorney. (coughs) How could you even imagine to put this man away for life? For a crime that he could not have even committed if there is no one that died. We never found any dead body. He stops. He stops suddenly. The entire courtroom is captivated. They're just mesmerized by his words. Sitting on his every motion. And he says, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, there, he points to the back door of the courtroom. There lies the truth. For in just a few short seconds, the said corpse, who he is being tried for, my client, that said body, will walk in through that door. Then, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you will indeed know that my client is totally innocent. The entire courtroom, the judge, the jury, everyone in the audience turned to the back door to stare, to wait the dead man coming in, or woman, they didn't even know what it was. 10, 20, 30 seconds go by. Everybody's fixed on the door. After about 45 seconds, someone goes, (coughs) (coughs) another person starts to laugh. The spell was broken. And everybody started out, come on, he pulled a quick one on us. That's a little show. And the attorney turns to the jury and he says, quiet, please, ladies and gentlemen. I want to just show you how doubtful you are that this man indeed killed somebody, that someone indeed died here. So doubtful are you. You all were ready to look at the door to see the man walk in. Obviously you don't believe he did it. I rest my case. And the judge turns to the jury and says, okay, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, and the prosecuting attorney is fuming mad. And the judge says to the jury, go to your chamber, render a decision. The jury goes into that chamber and within three minutes comes back out. Everybody was fish. This orator, this lawyer, this defense attorney was fantastic and he pulled that trick off of the door. There's no way that this man is guilty. So they're just waiting with a bated breath. <coughs> what will the jury say? And the judge turns to the foreman. He says, Mr. Foreman, has the jury reached its verdict? And he says, yes, Your Honor, we have. He says, tell us, please, what is your verdict? And the foreman turns to the judge turns to the jury, turns back to the judge, says, Your Honor, I and the entire jury have declared this man guilty. <gasps> the whole place lets out a sigh. What are you talking about? The place is up in roar. The, the defense attorney is jumping up and down. Are you crazy? You guys saw yourself and you didn't believe it. How could you? How could you? How could you? How could you? The judge himself couldn't believe it either. And he raised his hammer and he banged it several times. Order, order, order. And he says, he leans over and he says, Pray tell me, Mr. Foreman of the jury, how did you come up with that verdict? 
Did you not turn to the door as I did to look to see if the man is going to come in? <laughs> Listen to the brilliant juror. The brilliant juror says to him, Your Honor, I did for a second look at the door. As did all my colleagues on the jury. The only one in the courtroom, he noticed, that did not turn to the door, the only one in the courtroom that was 100% positive that no one was coming through that door, was the defendant. He did not even turn his head to look. He knew very well this person was dead and is not coming through that door. So he knew, therefore, so therefore, they declared him guilty. We don't see it. We have so much in our day that turns our head, so much in our life that confuses us, sends us different messages. We don't know whose friend was foe. We don't know who's going to pat us on the back, who's going to stab us in the back. We all can be fooled and look at the door. Or we all could be like the defendant and say, I am very sure of what it is and what has to happen. And there's no reason for me to look at the door. Hashem counts each and every Jew. And tells us the value that they have. And because of their value, each and every Jew feels Hashem's unconditional love, feels Hashem's dedication and devotion to Him, and therefore says, nafshi, I thirst you, my soul thirsts for you. I want to attach myself. I want to become one with you, Hashem. And although we started to count in the beginning of the Parsha, the Parsha then takes a little twist. Chapter 3, verse 1. Peri Gimel Pasuk Aleph. The Pasuk says, Ve'ele teldois Aharin u'moisha. These are the children of Aharon and Moshe. The Pasuk goes on to enumerate the children of Aaron, but none of the children of Mesha. question immediately begs to ask, why is the Teda preparing and calling the children of Aaron and Mesha when he's only mentioning the children of Aaron? So if you keep in score at home, the Gemara Masech the Sanhedrin Tafiyotessa Medbeis, 19, side 2. Beautiful Yamara. And the Yamara, amongst the different quotes, tells us, ben ki'ilu Anyone that teaches the son of his Chavar Teda, the Teda calls it as if he gave birth to this very child. And therefore, in this case, Aaron was the father physically, and Moshe, the father spiritually. Therefore, the Fichach Nikru al Shemei. It's called on his name, Mesha the Aaron. Aaron Mesha. Which means to tell us that Mesha Rabbeinu gave over a special devotion, dedication to these children, taught them Teda, and therefore they are called Tilda's Aaron Mesha. The question now turns around. How could the Teda write the children of Aaron and Mesha? You're, you're offending Adam. 
and by adding Moshe's connection to them. Aaron was their biological father. He was the biological father. Why are you saying that Moshe's children, even though he's saying that it's Moshe's children because he taught them terror, whatever you want to say, they were not Moshe's children, they were Aaron's children biologically. Take the DNA. The DNA will tell you. The DNA will not tell you. Because Moshe and Aaron were brothers. So you'll find DNA of Moshe's there as well. Or a similar Pachaja DNA. That case, Moshe only taught them Teda. They considered Bonov. But the Teda says, Ki'ilu Yildeh. As if, but it's not real. It's not real. There were no adoption papers put forth, making it real. There was still a missing link there. Hopefully, it will be fulfilled. More so, Moshe Rabbeinu taught Taylor not only to Bnei Adam, he taught the entire nation. Why are not the entire nation considered children of Mesha? We need to say, where is it that Mesha have been taught the children of Aaron in a special way, different than he taught the entire Klal Yisrael? And because of that, they're considered his children. They're enumerated as his children, just like they were children of his brother. We look at the continuation of the Pasuk. The day that Mesha spoke on Hasin, that God spoke to Mesha on Hasinai. The Maimed Hasinai, by standing by Hasinai, we're going to speak about it soon, it made a change in the essence of the Jews. Prior to coming to Hasinai, they were a nation like all other nations. Through Ma'anteda, they became They became a holy nation of God. Amongst this Kayach that was given by Hasinai, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu changes the essence, the foundation, the, fun, the foundation of the Jewish nation itself. In this, um, in this. We find Meshrabin himself had a tremendous change in his essence, and therefore, by his studying with the Bnei Aaron, he changed their essence. Um, okay. Okay. No. No. However, by learning Taylor with Bnei Yisrael, this therefore was the, his connection. But this is because he was commanded from Hakadosh Baruch Hu to give over the Torah to the entire Jewish nation. Aside for this, also, with the Bnei Aharon, the children of Aaron. A special way. And he gave himself over with his entire soul. So much so, they became like his very own children. This special dedication, devotion 
with which he learnt with the Jewish with these children of Aaron. If that's the case, how is it possible to learn this from Kol HaMalamed is Ben Chavera Teda? Anyone else that teaches Teda also is Kihili Yodei. This is a special thing that was given to Meshe Rabbeinu. It was not given to anybody else. So where is it that we take this and we say that for Meshe, that any person that teaches the tater to another person, to another child, to a child, is Kila Yelde. Please give me a glass of lemon water for the fridge. Um, just one second. Um, add people. Adam Trust. Okay. Whoops. No. What did I do wrong? I know what went wrong. Sorry. The answer is therefore... I'm not frozen, I'm frozen. Hold on. I know what's going on in Scranton. My video froze. Uh, Let me figure out why it froze. Okay. Unfrozen? Shake your head. Am I okay now? Whoops. What is going on with. There's supposed to be a technician taking care of Skype so we don't have these problems. Okay. Are you good? Okay, good. Now Adam wanted to join. I don't know why I can't make him join. Add people. Adam Tress. Oops. Trying. Okay. What's going on? Why am I... Oh, man, he's calling, and I can't answer. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why this is not working for us. Let's try one more time. Sorry, this is getting a little bit wild. Okay, if it doesn't go, it doesn't go. Anyway, sorry. The answer, therefore, is we don't have the Kayach that Moshe Rabbeinu had to reach so much to this, so high to this level. So that the other person should think so much so. But the capacity is within our reach. As if he was born since within this the person learns Teda, we are learning and we are teaching the Teda that was given on Sinai. Therefore it has the special Kayach mm-hmm. of teaching it to a fellow Jew and what teaching it to a fellow Jew can accomplish.
So this is what Torah does. It can make, in essence, an entire new person of another person. And through this learning, you consider as if you bring the person to a new life. You give the person a new level, a new existence. As we said before, Pashat Bamidbar, this week we're going to read, is read right before Shavuos, throughout the world. <laughs> Although there were many Pashas until now, between, between Pesach and now, that Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlar were not read at the same, Bamidbar is being read all over the world, and the reason is because before Shavuos, we read Pashat Bamidbar. So we must see, therefore, that in Shavuos, in Bamidbar, is the preparation for Chagah Shavuos. A preparation for the holiday. Each and every year in Chagah Shavuos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu renews the vows with us. He renews the giving of the Torah once again. And therefore it's quite clear. The preparations for the acceptance, once again, need to do like they were the first time by Matan Teda. The preparations of Kabbalah Satera, the peace and the unity amongst Jews, as the Teda tells us, Vayichan Sham Yisrael Neged Hahor, it doesn't say Vayachanu, they rested, Vayichan, he rested. in a singular form not in plural teaching us as I said with all the other journeys Vayisu Vayachnu Vayisu Vayachnu it always said it in plural and all of a sudden Vayichan Sham Yisrael Zalashinyachit to teach us that when they came before not in Teda they came before Hasinai Ki'ish Echad Belev Echad as one person with one heart and here the Medrash asks, here the Medrash tells us as follows, The truth is, the Almighty wanted to give the Torah to the Jews as soon as they left Egypt. But as we know, there were different conflicts between Jews. We see by Harsinai, by, excuse me, Kriyas Yamsuf to four different groups of Jews. And all the different times that the Jews came upon came upon with stripe, strife. The man was served differently to Jews. Um, the argument with the Slav and all the different things that the Jews came about, which was not were not in a unity, in unison. Here, when they arrived at Sinai, they were one. One unit together. Omar HaKadosh Baruch the Almighty says, kula shalom. The entire Tera represents peace. Who should I give it to? To the nation that loves peace. And shalom. We love shalom too. Yeah, okay. It's not talking here about just a regular achdus, but an achdus of neged hahor, an achdus, a unity that was neged hahor against the mountain. Serve God on this mountain. The achdus that was around Har Sinai. This wonderful unity is called by the Torah and the mitzvahs this is what united the Jewish nation through Torah and therefore it's perpetual it's forever it's an everlasting thing because it is based on Torah because the unity the love amongst each other the love to a fellow Jew was unconditional love. 
therefore, and it was bound through Torah, through Siyata Dishmaya, therefore it is perpetual, it is forever. And this of course brings much blessing. This brings upon the Jews, Reiv Bracha Veshefa Milmaila. The strength of this unity, this tremendous unity, you can put anything through this. Even if this unity was for a a reason, <coughs> even if it was a ulterior motive, shall we say. This was the Deraflaga. We look at the Deraflaga, which all spoke one language. They all spoke one language. They all were together in one thing. They were united. But they all united to do a bad thing, to go to war with Hashem and And therefore, you're not going to succeed in all that you're conspiring to do. And unfortunately, their actus was dissipated. And because it was not built on Teda, not built on Siyata Dishmaya and Das Teda, therefore it fell apart. However, the actus that comes about around Har Sinai, this has a true basis. And while they were standing by Hasina, HaKadosh Baruch revealed to them His essence. And He brought them in, Kvayachul, to Nafshay, to His soul. If you keep your score at home, the famous Gemara, Mesech the Shabbos, Kufhei Amr Aleph, 105 side 1, where it talks about <coughs> the first word of the Sadhus Anoichi is the acronym of the words Anna Nafshik Savas Yavas. And therefore, when the Jews came around Har Sinai, they came around to get the Torah. This formed an achtus, a unity, between their souls, their roots. And their connections with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and thereby they arrived, they arrived at the great unity of Kish Echad, Belev Echad. From here we learn the preparation for Chag Hashavuos is to strengthen in Avas Yisrael, and this needs to be looked at. This needs to be developed to bring a fellow Jew closer to the light of Teda. And so this is not a not natural achtus, but rather an achtus that is one, a unity that is one, surrounded by Teda. And we need to know that everything is tied one with the other. And the Mazritchim Magid said, when he talks about the Mishnah, Da Malamaira Mimoch, in Pirkeyavis, know what is above you. It's the second Perik, the first Mishnah. He writes, the explanation is Da, not Russian, yes. Da, you should know. Anything that happens, Lamaila Mimoch. Anything that happens in the above worlds, all this comes mimach from you. It's all dependent on your work, on your devotion, dedication, on the mitzvahs that you do. A person needs to see as if a scale with two hands, two-sided scale, and one needs to tip the scale with their mice and tevim.
they could tip it the other way. But this is the preparation that we had. And because we had such a preparation, we are definitely Zeicha to Kabbalah Satera, Simcha of the previous. Yes, I forgot. I was in their house. I forgot to tell them to wish an extended happy anniversary to my son and daughter-in-law, Mendel and Esther, who were married in Gimbal Sivan last year. Their first anniversary. And Baruch Hashem, this past Friday at 4 o'clock in the morning, they were Zeicha to their daughter, to their first daughter, firstborn child, Chaya Mushkala, Muskala. May we all see much nachas from them all. I'm getting text, but I can't get the text on the phone. Hold on, I got the text. Oh, no problem. Who got texted for? Thank you for the mazel tov. Okay. Um, the message tells us, "B'shal shamdu Yisrael the Kabbalah Teira." Amalei Hamakadosh Baruch Hu. Heviul Yarevim Tevim. I got a commodity here, says the Ebrister. A very valuable one at that. I'm not giving it up so simple. I want a good guarantor that will watch the Tata and I'll give it to them. <laughs> they said, Our fathers will be our Arevim. Your forefathers are by me already. They're in heaven. Bring me good guarantors. Our prophets will be that even. They're also here above. Amru again they said our children will be our guarantors. Beautiful. They are definitely good guarantors. And through them I will give you the Tera. Here in America, we like to see what we can derive from something. Everybody, young and old, what can I get out of it? Thank you. There's Pshat, there's Remez, there's Drush, this side. What drush can I take from this? B'nai Yisrael are a chosen nation. And therefore, they love to learn Tera. Why? Because on Tera is written, Ki hichoch maschem uvinaschem leineam. It's the chokhmah and the bina, even in the eyes of the nations. <coughs> The most rabid anti-Semites hate Jews for whatever you want to call them. They all admit the Jews are smart people. The famous story, I don't know if I told it or not even, of the priest that came to a town. There weren't many learned people there. But the priest was known to be a learned person, even in Tera. And he challenged a Jew, any Jew, any Jew that can outdo him, he will back away and move out of the town. But if, God forbid, he outsmarts the Jew, the Jews need to leave.
Needless to say, nobody wanted to confront him. The deadline arrived, and Moshe the Shlomazel said, can't leave such a thing. And he stepped forward. And the priest looked at him and says, you are going to challenge me? He says, yeah, why not? <laughs> who, can, who do you think you are? So the priest went into a deep meditation. And he started to get red in the face. And he went to Moshe and he presented two fingers. Moshe looks and he goes, the priest jumped back. And the priest went into another meditation and he presented an open hand. Moshe looks at him, gives him a closed fist. The priest was shaking. Finally, the priest takes out of his pocket a handful of rice and he throws it on the floor. It spreads all over. Moshe jumps immediately on the floor and starts to gather all the rice together and he puts it together and puts it in his pocket. The priest faints. Moshe obviously won. As they're driving the priest out, he says, they ask him, what happened? So he says, I showed him there are two gods. And he said, no, there's only one. But the conviction that he showed it to me in, he ruined my entire theory. I showed him the Jews are not together. And he showed me, no, they are one, they are whole. And I showed him, I threw the rice all over the place, they're dispersed throughout the world. And he immediately jumped on the floor, the Mashiach was going to come and gather them all together, and he put them together. He outwitted me. He outsmarted me. This sounded too smart for Meshila. So they went over to Meshila and says, Meshila, Zugna, what happened? That Russia! That wicked man! He said he's going to poke my eyes out. I put my finger up. I'm going to block you. Then he said he's going to slap me. He's going to give me a patch. He said, I'll give you a box. I'll give you a punch. I'll teach him. Then he threw rice on the floor. You miss Shige? That rice was for a whole week's supper for my kids. Immediately I jumped on the floor and I put it all together and took it home. So they understood right away. Although Moshe was victorious, it wasn't his wisdom that did it. But this is Am Yisrael. The learning of Teda. Given by the other nations. But, still in all, because we have unfortunately different things that fill our heads and our minds, it's possible that looking properly without enjoying properly the, re- the existence of Teir and Mitzvahs. The Rahman al-Sanaju doesn't spend enough time studying Teir, and worse so, he doesn't practice Rahman al-Sanaju. And therefore, the time that HaKadosh Baruch gave the Teir, he wanted to be sure that the Jewish nation will have continuity. They will have someone that will study the Teir, that will do its Mitzvahs. He asked therefore for guarantors. If you are even tevim, shetishmiru avet nenalachem. And the Jews therefore answered, "I say no, I live my sonu." You know what, Rebbeinu We got a busy schedule. We got a lot to do. We got to get up eight thirty in the morning because we got to get out of sleep because we were watching the midnight movie or the, or the late shows on TV or on line or whatever it is. So we can't get up before 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Got no time to go to shul. We've got to be in the office soon. Got no time to even put on tefillin. 
So, hey, you know who has time? My Alta Tata. My Alta Tata is retired. He's in an old age home. He'll sit and study Taylor. He has nothing else to do. I give him whatever he needs. I pay for his bills. He doesn't have a problem. He gets involved with Kevin Mishnayis, Kevin Shas. He then stays and goes to Shirim all day. Got nothing else to do. The Mailer, he has time to learn. Just the opposite. When the father gives over certain times learning Tata, he's very happy about it. And once or twice a year, all the friends get together. And this makes the father very happy also. But for such Arevas, a God was not agreeing. For such such guarantors, God was not accepting the Alta Yidin, they learn Teda. I want the youth to learn Teda. The ones in the middle age should go to Shirim to be Kriyasitim la Teda. And when they said the prophets from the Lushan Navim, Nivsifasayim, the big speakers, the big lecturers, they're going to learn Teda. I'll go to occasionally to a lecture. Said the Rebbeinu Shlomo, nothing doing. I want it to be continued with the youth, and therefore it was only the children that Hashem accepted. And sometimes we sit in the Teda, and we get very, very. We lose our humility, shall we say? Let's not use negative. Says the Mishnah, Pekiyavas Perikvav, Mishnah Hey. Do not seek greatness for yourself. And don't desire covered. Let it exceed your learning, your good deeds. Don't look to be sitting by the king's tables. For your table is greater than theirs. The kisroch and your crown, Godel Mikisram is greater than theirs. And the Almighty is an employer that's trustworthy to pay your remuneration for your good deeds. Do not seek greatness for yourself. The first teaching of this Perek and many other sources, Terek may be, bring a person greatness and honor and position, but nevertheless the person should refrain from seeking these things. If he is fit for them, they'll be granted from heaven. As far as honor, the Bryce teaches us that we should not only avoid seeking it, should not hold, we should hold no attraction to it. A person should not desire honor. One should be very, very humble. And we find this as well when it comes to the Egla Rufa, the end of Masech Seita, which we're about to complete this week, Mir Tashem. Egla Rufa, where the Ziknei Ha'ir come forth and say, Yedeinu Le'ishafu our hands did not spill this blood of the person that was found dead on the road who had left the town. We don't know which one he left, which one he was going to, and therefore they have to measure. And the town that's closest to the dead body, etc., that happened with the Zom, with the, all the laws involving Eglarufa. The sages say, Our hands did not spill this blood. Who thinks that these old Zakanim of Bezin were going out and murdering people? But no, we're not saying that at all, Gassashon. They are saying that we needed to educate. We educated, and we have educated, and we will educate, and we continue to educate. 
and therefore it's not us that have caused this horrific loss and it's not us as Jewish nation that will suffer ever another loss but this was we will hear Teda Chadashem we will hear the Teda from once again from the Nevi'im from Mesha Aaron and his children in Yerushalayim Yerakedesh and it will be Zechen Nami Lochem that the joyous holiday of Shavuos which you just eat, drink and be merry and accept the Teda from new and renew the vows to Teda and undertake another shear in your day, in your year, in your week and we be Zechen to the Geula Amita Zashlema Shabbat Shalom and Chag Sameach to all Shalom Bajim.